education sector struggles with a growing need for new or improved facilities and not nearly enough resources to get the job done, DesignBuild has stepped in to deliver some of the nation's most impressive K-12 and university projects. Whether it's a high-tech high school in New Jersey or an expansive university community hub and dorm in California, the innovation and collaboration inherent in DesignBuild continues to deliver in the education sector. Welcome to the Design Build Institute of America's Design Build Delivers podcast. I'm Kim Wright at DBIA's national headquarters. Today we're talking about the school of thought on design build and the education sector. Joining us following DBIA's recent education market sector roundtable is Brett Mitchell, who's now the facilities planning manager at the University of California, Davis, and who also has years of experience in K-12 schools. Also, Eric Smith, Associate Vice Chancellor for Capital Program Management at the University of California, San Diego. Thanks to the newest member of our podcast team, Georgia Pacific Gypsum, for their support in bringing this podcast to you. So let's not delay any longer. First off, we'll hear from Brett, then Eric. Thank you both for joining us. Education sector has been a really hot topic at this conference already. Um, that room was packed. We had a couple hundred, which was contractors and owners. How did that room break out? We had a actually pretty good mix. It was contractors, owners, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I believe it was 75% uh, contractors or that community and 25% owners. Yeah, and a good sprinkling of design professionals in yeah. there as well. Let's just start with what are we seeing design build in the education center? We talked about a lot of potential and a lot of opportunity. We've already seen it play out, I think, coast to coast, have we not? I'd say we have. I'll just maybe kick it off by, you know, that I think what we, what we know is there's a, a wide diversity of the availability of the design build tool. Just for public agencies, they're constrained by legislation and by policy and by uh, long-standing ways of doing things. Um, all of those in, in make it increasingly, you know, each one of those is one step harder to, to, to fix, but it's worth doing that. So I think we know that there's, a, there's interest in it across the sector. There's application of it across the sector. Uh, what we learned this morning or confirmed this morning was that there's a wide range of, of approaches to how it's done. Um, and not always in, the, in, the, in what we would call best practices or design build done right. Right. I think that's, that's, that's a really common element and fear that design build is, is not, it's not necessarily always design build like we'd like to see it. Right, Right. right. And, you know, um, from uh, the K-12 sector marketplace, um, I don't have research to back this figure, but I'm guessing that, you know, 90, 98% of the school districts in California utilize some form of a best value selection. And so what that tells me is there, there's a verifiable need and a desire, and uh, there's not a large uh, following for DB design build yet, but because there is a verifiable need and desire, I think that we just lack education right now. And I think today really was a good start in moving us uh, along in that knowledge base and really getting more uh, owners, at least in the K-12 marketplace, dependent uh, on that method. How do you get a school district, a county, uh, you know, to, to see that there's another way to do, there's another way to build? Yeah, and that, we talked about that this morning a lot. And, you know, there, the challenge we have as public agencies, well, any organization, but certainly in the public world, 
we may have a very enlightened uh, capital projects or facilities management person who's responsible for construction who knows that there's better ways to do things, but they may have a difficult time selling that up to the senior executive team or even a board, depending on the governance of that organization. That's one of the big challenges, and not just in the in can we do design build, but can we do it the way it ought to be done? Can we can we adopt best practices? Can we can we get over this notion of the the potential for the loss of control that, that is, is central to resistance of, to design build. We want to make sure we have control of our architect. We believe the only way we're going to get quality is if we have the architect directly under us and we drive that quality through the specification, when in fact the opposite often is the case. How do you cross that Rubicon then? How best to demonstrate that it works or that it can work or that it's something that should at least be in the toolbox? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I think that uh, just coming off of an election, you know, I, I think about that term precincting and it starts with knocking on that first door, right? And I think that the, for the, the relatively few, at least in K-12 again, that are using it is just telling the, the stories of the success and then just continuing to, to continue to knock on doors. We have to keep that effort up, that this is a viable alternative, that it works, that it does have value. and. We just have to be in it as an organization, really, for the long haul. It's going to take some time to re-educate, but I think that that process is moving, and we just have to keep precincting, if I can use that term today. Yeah, and, and I think the DBIA recognizes that, and one of the reasons there's such a push to try to get more owners involved is because, and we heard this this morning, the, the way that it's going to get sold to owners that are resisting it or, or not sure or they're, they're afraid of it or whatever the case may be is to get other owners to tell them the success stories and the trials and tribulations they've gone through and the successes they've had. So that because, you know, DBIA will always be coming from a perspective of, a, of, a, of an interested organization promoting a certain approach. And it, it's really important that we do that, but I think that the owners have got to be the ones that voice that. That came out over and over and over again, and we need to hear case studies. We need to hear lessons learned. Yeah. And you know, it's mission critical right now in California, unprecedented bond passages in K-12 school districts yesterday and two, uh, two years ago. So there's a tremendous backlog of work that's, that's getting ready to hit the pipeline, and we really need to be there prepared and ready to educate. Uh, it's, it's critical timing right now. Great design builders are all about innovation, integration, and efficiency. That's why we're happy to have Georgia Pacific Gypsum as our design build delivers partner. The DENS element barrier system with AquaCore technology from Georgia Pacific Gypsum creates the water resistive and air barrier within, eliminating the need for an additional on-site crew to apply a separate WRBAB. This innovative product provides a high-performance integrated sheathing solution for architects concerned with preserving the integrity of their building designs and offers contractors better control of their project schedules and potential time savings. Education seems like such a natural in the sense that resources are often limited and you need usually, it's always time sensitive, right? You've got classes that need to start, whether you're talking about building a new school or even renovating something that exists. There's, they want those classes open. And they need to be fairly certain it's going to meet the bomb that passed or that it's going to meet the, the budget that they have. And it's probably not unique only to education, but that certainly drives a lot of what the, we're seeing in that kind of construction in that sector. Yeah, and it's in no better way than, than through the design build method to control the narrative on that schedule. 
um, you know, the alternative is you, you leave it up to market conditions whether or not you can meet that. And for those of us in education, that's a really uncomfortable feeling. So, and that's part of the message that we get out is if you really want to control or have uh, control of your schedule, that, that uh, this process, this collaborative process is really the way to do it. Yeah, I talk about it in terms of, of what gives you the best opportunity to have certainty of outcome, whatever your outcome is. Yeah. And, you know, I talk about it this way because people who talk about design build as meaning, well, we don't get very good design. Well, if that's true, it's because the owner decided that very good design wasn't, a, wasn't the outcome they were looking for. What they wanted is certainty of outcome. And I know my own experience in the Navy tells me this. You know, the Navy put their money where they should, in ships and airplanes, right? So the facilities ashore were, were just for utilitarian purposes, not looking to make great architectural statements. That was the outcome they wanted. They took design build and said, this is the way we're going to get that certainty. At UC San Diego, we value architecture very highly and great quality buildings, long-lasting 100-year buildings that serve our, popu our, our students, faculty, and staff for, for generations. So we can get certainty of outcome through design build at that quality level just as easily as we can at a lower quality level. Yeah, and you know, uh, just one more point on that. Uh, I remember in the design bid build uh, marketplace, there was a saying that everybody's probably heard, it was good, fast, or cheap, pick any two, all right? Uh -huh. And that worked 100% of the time in that delivery method. And I always thought about how can we get all three? Well, the way to get all three is to really talk about it. And so what, what really gets me excited about the process of design build is we get to define right up front what's good, what's fast, and what's cheap. And as you're talking about it, you really get to define then what you're, which one you want to put first, second, or third. And that innovation and that early collaboration is what has allowed you to, to, to find solutions you never would have necessarily seen. Otherwise, it might save some money. That's right. Um, on whatever or, or allow you to get more for that money. And I think the reason we had such great participation by the practitioners, 75% contractors and you know another 10% probably architects of practice, is they know the value proposition. They want and they, they can bring it to us. What we have to do is set up structures and uh, uh, procurement methodologies that, that, that open ourselves up to that tremendous talent that's out there that can bring us that value proposition. So we're, we talked a lot today about, you know, just about stipends and, the, and, and uh, you know, the importance of that from their perspective to, to, to draw the best talent from the marketplace to us versus somebody else, right? And so if we can set up our processes such that they're uh, not too onerous, they don't demand a lot of time and money, uh, we're going to get the best and the brightest talent coming to us. And then if we just open ourselves up and say, as the owners, we don't know everything. We know what we want to achieve. Let us get the best and the brightest in the industry to help us make that happen. So if you just look at the DBI awards, right? Our education um, submissions grow every year and they're beautiful buildings. So I was thinking mm -hmm. about your design comments. Mm -hmm. they're, they're beautiful buildings and they have stories to tell about how innovation was pulled in. Well, I think the, the, just, just the process in, in the proposal phase really drives that quality, that excellence. You, you get the... You get the and, and Eric talked about that in, in the session is, you know, the benefit of it is uh, you're not just looking at one, one entity's proposal. You get the market-driven, um, really quality that drives that proposal. And, and I think that what you're seeing in those award-winning projects is that, that um, market factor pl playing out. Uh, really just that desire to be the best.
and, and not just the lowest on bid day, is really drives the quality of the project. Yeah, in, in the education world in general, I mean, it's all about innovation, right? It's particularly in higher ed where, I, where I'm focused. It, it's, you know, innovation is at the core of the business of the university. Um, and so it's a natural, from a cultural standpoint, that we'd want to try to use innovation in our delivery of projects. What we face, though, is the what I call institutional inertia of we've always done it this way. We've got to protect ourselves. We've got to make sure it's done exactly the same way. So we've got this prescriptive approach that we, that's tried and true, and it's very difficult for us to give that up. And, and even if we get a couple of champions within the organization that say, yeah, we're going to do it, there's still that institutional inertia that has to be overcome to really make it happen. You know, yeah. Facilities management side is just one example of that where there's you know, big concerns from from that sector about design build and how are we going to control this thing? And you know, is a contractor going to give us what we asked for? And all, all those things from previous experience and other models that haven't worked. So rather than saying, well, maybe it's the model that wasn't working for us, we want to just say, we'll get tighter and tighter and tighter on our spec. Well, that's the wrong direction. Right, so. right. So be prognosticators for me. Design, build, and education sector. Where do you think we're going to be in five to 10 years? We would further down that road? I'll just jump in on, you know, I, I can speak mostly for the UC system and for UW, University of Washington before that. Um, in the UC system, I think it's, it's on the upswing. We've got a couple of campuses that are leading the, the way in that. Uh, we've got great support from our general counsel's office and our president's office to continue to expand that to the other campuses. You know, Brett's going to be a part of that uh, in his new role soon. And uh, so I think, you know, there are places uh, within the country where this is going to expand and continue to grow. And I think that uh, we're also moving not just to design build, but also to design build done right. Um, it's harder to predict. Uh, you know, again, the, much of the conversation today was, the, was this inconsistency around the country and the owners and, what, and their approach. Much of that's driven by the laws of the state that they're in. And we, as we know, they're all over the place. I think it's gonna grow in, uh, in the K-12 sector. I think it's gonna be a hard push, um, but I think it's gonna grow. I think, as I said, I think that um, most school districts value the relationships-driven uh, approach to contracting. They, they value uh, best value selection, so I know that's in place. But there's this continuum. On one side, you have a proposer that wants a blank slate, and a design initiative. And on this end, you have school districts that have, that are large, many large school districts that have, like us, 88 school sites and an MO staff that believes that this is the best sink in the world. And um, they want to protect that because they know if one breaks, they can go to the warehouse and get it. But today, we live in a world where they can drop those with a drone in, in an hour, right? So <laughs> it's just a matter of bringing the two two sides together. And I think as we continue to push on those solutions, you'll see more enthusiasm. Uh, but it's it's growing. I get calls uh, from school districts, many, many school districts, not many, I'll use one many, not many, many, but I'm getting calls about how does it work, tell us about it. And I think uh, they're, becoming, um, they're coming more often. And so I think you'll see it growing. I would agree with that. There's a lot of enthusiasm and yeah. interest and yeah, I'm, I'm hit, as I say, I'm hitting the rubber chicken circuit quite a bit these days yeah. talking about this and what we're trying to do. And that's a key part of it. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is the education, the advocacy, every bit of it. But an exciting time to think about design, building, education, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. 
And thanks to you two for that too, right? Absolutely. <laughs> We're doing our part, hopefully. Yeah. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Sure. Thanks so much to Brett Mitchell and Eric Smith for giving us a glimpse into design build in the education sector. And thanks again to our sponsor, Georgia Pacific Gypsum, for being a valued member of our Design Build Delivers podcast team. But before we go, we've got a lot more to say about design build and education in the latest issue of Integration Quarterly. Find it on our website at dbia.org magazine. Also, registration has just opened for DBIA's 2019 Design Build Conference and Expo. We'll be in Las Vegas, November 6th through 8th, and hope to see you there. Head to dbia.org slash conferences to get all the details on this terrific event for design builders.